Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. From Mamma Mia, welcome to The Spill, your daily pop culture fix. I'm Laura Brodnick. And I'm Key Reese. <laughs> she forgot to say her name, but it's okay, guys. We're off to a cracking start. Sorry, I just realised it's exactly one month till Christmas. I know, and we got a little Christmas present this morning, didn't we? Yes, we did the trailer for season two of one of the best local shows to come out this year, Bump on Stan. Yes, exactly. So the first trailer for season two was released today, along with the info that it's going to come out on Boxing Day, which is so nice because Boxing Day is the day you're recovering from Christmas. You need to like get in the pool and then go lie in the air conditioning with your family and just watch something that everyone can watch together. So we're excited to see those characters back. And yeah, you and I get very excited over new trailers. So we were frothing over this one this morning. So we'll link that in the show notes so you can watch the trailer and also all the release info about it coming out on Boxing Day on Stan so you can watch it. Well, coming up on the show today, Married at First Sight may not be on the air at the moment, but it has still caused a massive scandal in Australia. It's all to do with the upcoming season and reality TV star, author, writer Angie Kent is heavily involved in what's unfolded and we're going to get into that because it is a story everyone is talking about today. But first, the entertainment news headlines of the day. I have news. What's the hot goss? I want more headlines. We're taking it local with the first headline because last night it was the 34th ARIA Awards. They took place at Taronga Zoo in Sydney. They were broadcast live on YouTube and like last year, most of the speeches and performances were pre-recorded due to, of course, our pesky little, I'm not going to say friend, I'm going to say adversary, COVID. So the evening was excitingly a massive celebration of diverse artists which was not just reflected in the nominations but the winners which is something we sometimes miss from these award shows we love to see it so the night really belonged to 23 year old independent artist genesis uwusu who collected four arias including album of the year for smiling with no teeth the album also won the aria for best hip-hop release best independent release and best cover art other winners included camilla Roy artist the kid Leroy, who won best artist and best pop release first nations artist bajalong rapper bujira received the michael gudinski breakthrough artist award for his self titled Debut EP, which is his very first aria, and TK Meister won Best Soul R&B release for her single Last Year Was Weird, Volume 3, tend to agree. And finally, Taylor Swift was named Most Popular International Artist, not for the first time, but for actually the second time, and this was by public vote, accepting via a video message she thanked her Australian fans and said... Maybe this is a little indicator of what's going to happen. I can't wait until I can come back and see you. So does this maybe mean a little T-Swift 2022? Please, dear Lord, let it be true. 
Well, there was a generation of very excited, I'm going to say mid to late 20-year-olds who were thrilled to hear that their favorite camp rockers, that is the Jonas Brothers, their family roast came out on Netflix last night, which saw the superstar brothers Kevin, Joe and Nick sit for an hour while friends and family hit them with hard jabs about inflated egos, solo careers, or lack thereof, and Absolutely, those purity rings. You just wait, some zingers. So it's hosted by Saturday Night Live's Keenan Thompson, and it features celeb guests like comedians Pete Davidson and Lily Singh, singer John Legend, former One Direction and Niall Horan, and weirdly Dr. Phil. He's weirdly friends with that family. He was at Sophie and Joe's wedding. Like, he's in the family photos. Well, uh, mystery solved. <laughs> no, it's weird. It's weird. It was really weird. And if you watch it, it's just the whole bit that he does. Anyway, there was, of course, also the Jay sisters in attendance, a.k.a. Joe. Joe and Nick's better halves, actors Sophie Turner and Priyanka Chopra Jonas, and Kevin's wife, Danielle Jonas. So let's get to the best bits, shall we? The first of the Jonas wives to take the stage was Priyanka, who had something to say about the group's international appeal and the 10-year age gap between her and Nick. I'm from India, a country rich in culture, in music, in entertainment. So clearly the Jonas Brothers didn't make it over there. Nick and I have a 10-year age gap. Yeah. Yes. We do. And there are many 90s pop culture references he doesn't understand. And I have to explain them to him. Which is fine, because we teach each other. We teach each other things. He showed me how to use TikTok, for example. You know, and I showed him what a successful acting career looks like. There were so many jokes about Nick's failed acting career. It was like making me laugh so much because he was the person that broke up the band. Anyway, we're not going to go there today. So the wives were taking no prisoners and I have to give it to Sophie Turner who went all the way in on her man. And thank God she did because I reckon this is one of the maybe top three jokes of the night. For those of you who, who don't know, purity rings are worn to demonstrate that you're abstaining from sex before marriage. And the Jonas Brothers, they all had them. Like I know this is a roast and, and you will think I should be going after them, but I, I think we need to set the record straight here. No, the rings weren't a good idea. Yes, as a gesture, they're laughably toe-curlingly lame. Um, but remember, this was about more than a gesture. This was about faith. This was about principle. This was about taking a stand and setting an example. Look, Joe Jonas wasn't just sticking his fingers in some dumb metal rings. He was sticking his fingers in co-stars, actresses, and and even a supermodel or two. They are definitely my favourite Jonas couple. Like, they really give it to each other. It's hilarious. I mean, she makes a fair and valid and historically accurate point. She does. I just, it was also giving me a weird visual, which I didn't really like. But anyway, moving on. And finally, my favourite roast of the evening came from Kim Kardashian's manic pixie dream boyfriend, that is Pete Davidson, obviously, who declared he was a massive fan of the brothers, saying that he listens to them every time he's in the supermarket. But this joke took the cake. These guys rock, okay? A Little Bit Longer is both my favourite album. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And it's what Sophie wishes Joe's penis was. Hey, uh, easy. 
Winter is coming, but Sophie, not so much. Heat. I feel like that's the kind of joke only Pete Davidson can really get away with, with his like signature kind of goofy delivery. That is hilarious. It's really good. If you want to watch the full special, there's so much more that I didn't touch on. I haven't done all of the spoilers. We'll link it in our show notes. You can watch it on Netflix. Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. So there's been a story bubbling away the last few days and it's been around Channel 9 axing a 2022 Married at First Sight contestant following a lot of concern. I'm going to say concern instead of backlash because backlash sounds hysterical and concern sounds valid. Following some very valid concern around his online behaviour. So the contestant in question is called Simon Blackburn and he was confirmed to be one of the grooms for next year's season. So you know how they always kick off the show with it being a bit of a fairy tale, everyone's looking for love, all that sort of stuff. So he was very much in that camp. And then there was quite a bit of concern around his past online behaviour on his social media platforms, his Instagram, but also his TikTok account. So it's been widely reported by a lot of different outlets, including by Pedestrian TV, who's actually owned by Nine, who own Married at First Sight. So it's all out there that he's put out a lot of hugely problematic content, including an Instagram Live where he made really offensive homophobic statements describing homosexuality as filth. On TikTok, he's also made a number of videos, and I'm not going to read them all out. We're not going to play them because we don't want to give any of that stuff airtime. Just trust me that I've watched a lot of it, and it is completely disgusting and brutal. He's made a lot of gross misogynistic comments, both about his partners and other women, a lot of very sexually offensive comments, racist comments, and also a lot of fat phobic comments. So I actually became aware of this guy a couple of weeks ago on Angie Kent's social. So she had actually come across him and like reposted some of his TikToks and called out his behavior and basically said, how can this be allowed? How can this man be putting this content out there? They had like a bit of an altercation and stuff. So that's kind of where that came out. And when she found out this week that he was actually cast on one of Australia's biggest reality TV shows. She put out this statement on her Instagram account and she said, I've had so many people send me this since yesterday. And yes, this is the same man I was posting about not long ago who petrified me on TikTok and Instagram with his content. He also came for me when I called him out. I had many women reach out with stories about him. He is apparently appearing on the next season of Married at First Sight. I'm truly mortified. This man is incredibly toxic and dangerous. He has an odd cult following of young men who think his behavior is something to laugh about and look up to. Then she tagged Channel 9 and Married at First Sight and said they will be doing nothing but triggering women who have been emotionally abused slash taken advantage of and other men who think this type of behavior is funny will think they can act in a similar way. Boycott immediately. He does not need a platform to keep spreading his venom. I'm really shocked by this because it kind of went under the radar. I only saw the headline kind of this morning after this had all broken and missed kind of the Angie Kent response. But she's absolutely right. I think that with maths, we expect bad behavior. And I think we teetered on a very dangerous line last year with Bryce Ruthven. But I feel like this is 
way past that line, right? And I feel like it's also really odd considering the current climate we're in where abuse against women is at such a tipping point. You know, we've seen it in boys' schools. We've seen it just in the statistics that have come out since COVID happened. So for a television show who clearly do a lot of vetting, for this to not come up on their radar, it's quite confusing and also makes me question, did something even worse, I can't even imagine something that could be worse, actually happened during filming for them to now come out and say, oh, he's been scrapped from everything. And that's been the conversation that's been unfolding the last couple of days. So a lot of websites, including Australian website The Wash, posted about his background and his role in the show to get the story out there. And Simon has since actually responded to The Wash and he messaged them and then they put it on their platform. And he said, just to clarify, I haven't posted on TikTok in six months and all videos of me are reposts or screenshots of lives I did from last year. Not my current thoughts or mindset. No further comments will be given. Angie Kent made a really good point where she said, like, unless you've had super intense therapy and completely turned your life around, you're not going to have that much. Even if these videos are from six months ago, you're not going to have that much of a different mindset than you did now. Like no one changes that dramatically in six months. And then because a lot of outlets were asking Channel 9 about it, a spokesperson responded and said, when unacceptable social media content was discovered in relation to Simon Blackburn, we immediately took steps to remove him from the program. We won't be making any further comment. And this is where a lot of people are calling out that statement and not thinking it's quite true because Angie Kent said on her Instagram account and she was like, guys, I know how reality TV works because she's been on Gogglebox. She's been on The Bachelorette. She's been on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. She's been on Dancing with the Stars. And she was like, I know what goes into casting people on these shows. And there's no way someone could be like have a huge TikTok following and a huge social following be cast on a huge show like this with the amount of background checks that they do and them just not know about it until it kind of all started bubbling up in the last couple of days. Absolutely not. And we also know that these shows now, all of these reality TV shows, The Bachelor and Bachelorette are doing it, is that they're searching for cast members to come on who have existing large following. So he was definitely seen for his following and that was something that probably got him onto the show. So how can you then turn around and say, oh, no, no, we had no idea about that when that was the very thing that probably got his foot in the door. Really interestingly, Clementine Ford, who was posting about this a lot on her Instagram account and a lot of well-known Australian media people were also weighing in. She had a really good theory where she said that she believed that they did know about his behaviour, but they were also trying to, and I'm just paraphrasing here, that they were also trying to revamp their image a little bit, especially after what happened last year with like a formal investigation of like alleged abuse being launched into the show and all the complaints they got and that sort of stuff, that they were actually trying to fix things up a little bit. And so the idea was to cast someone who had this background and who would act like that and then to kick him off the show for them to say like, oh, look what we did. This person came on. He was really problematic and we got him off the show straight away. We don't stand for that. And then it would set them up for a better season because they would get the audience on side very early. But the issue with giving someone like that a platform at all is that even just putting him on those first few episodes, the damage would have been done. Also, what about the poor woman he was going to get matched with? Absolutely. There, it seems like there's a lot of collateral damage in that just for maths to get their manufactured redemption story. Yeah. <laughs> like, it doesn't seem 
like it's a well thought out plan. I just think, why don't you just do better with the casting from the start instead of making this big statement, which is very obvious. Like I'm sure if we watch that play out on screen, we know how manufactured things are and how set up things are. We would have seen right through that anyway. So it just doesn't seem like it's really authentic or that we would have even been fooled. I think it just speaks to a bigger problem with reality TV in Australia is that it seems now we're in the cycle. Every year, shows like this come out, there's extremely problematic behaviour, there's extremely problematic scenes and people and that has a really huge flow and effect to the people who are watching it and every year we have this big discussion about how we have to do better and how this can't continue and then this is the show that's coming out next year and it's like the cycle it's not decreasing it's actually increasing in terms of who's getting a platform on these shows also the kind of other troubling thing is that people would have tuned in to see this guy That's the thing too. Like the network is catering to what they think people want to see. They're a business at the end of the day and they're trying to make TV that they know that people will watch. And the sad thing is that if this had blown up into a big controversy on that first few weeks of Married at First Sight, it would have done really good numbers for them. So it's kind of hard to see this cycle stopping until that happens. But I think like all the women like Angie Kent and Clementine Ford who really called this out on their social accounts were very instrumental in kind of stopping this as much as they could from happening. So I guess we'll have to see when it comes out next year if he's still on the show or how much airtime he's actually going to get. Yeah, definitely. And I also feel like we had a lot of faith in perhaps there being repercussions for centering someone on maths that was horrible. We had, I mentioned Bryce Ruthven earlier. He was paired with Melissa Rawson. They've since gone on to get married and they've just had twins. So, you know, call that what you will. But they featured in the most complained about season in maths history. And there were thousands of complaints that were put into the Australian Communications and Media Authority for claims of abusive behaviour and gaslighting that was specific to their relationship. And despite the big public support that that brought, in November it was revealed that that season had been cleared over any breach of abuse complaints. So if there's not really any kind of repercussions for casting someone like that, no wonder they're going to lengths to get someone on there, you know? Well, thank you so much for listening to The Spill today. And while you're listening, please make sure you're following us and please leave us a review. Let us know who you like better, me or Key. What? <laughs> Just trying to get reviews wherever we can. Oh my be super God. cute. No, guys, don't do that. <laughs> don't make it mean. I don't want to cry. And just by reading or listening to our content, you're helping to fund girls and schools in some of the most disadvantaged countries in the world through our partnership with Room to Read. We're currently funding 300 girls in schools every day and our aim is to get to 1,000. Visit mamamia.com.au to find out more. This episode of The Spill was produced by myself, Laura Brodnick and Madeline Joanu with audio production by Leah Porges. We'll see you at mamamia.com.au. Bye. Bye. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.